There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Hello and welcome. Season 4, Episode 1, I Could Never Be. It's been a little over a month since we've been back here on the Popcorn Talk Network. I've missed you guys. I've missed sharing some motivation and some inspiration, but we are back and a whole lot more of that coming here in season four. If you are new, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. You guys, this show is really just meant to inspire you, help you live your best life. If you're trying to pursue something in your career, no matter what that career is, we want to be able to help you get to that next level. The show I could never be really is founded because when you start out at anything, you look at someone at the top and you say, I want to be this person. But then that little voice in the back of your mind says, oh, I could never be that person because they had more money. They knew people. Their past was easier than mine. They weren't experiencing what I'm experiencing. And guess what? That's a lie. That voice in your head is lying to you. And you can do that. And you can do all these things. And the people that you look up to, I guarantee they face the same struggles. If we could just count the number of people that we've had on the show who have been living on couches or living in cars or broke or homeless or just almost gave up. They were this close to giving up. And you know what they all had in common? They didn't. They pushed forward. They kept going. And now they are achieving their dreams and achieving success. And you can do that exact same thing. And that's exactly what we're doing here on I Could Never Be on the Popcorn Talk Network. I always start off the show with some advice for a better life. Today, that advice is that life is not always meant to be understood. Sometimes it's just meant to be lived. A lot of times things will happen in your life and you'll say, why did that happen? And you, you, you take a deep dive in trying to analyze that and understand it. When guess what? Sometimes... It's just meant to be the joy of life. Sometimes things just happen, and you enjoy it, you 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 get through it, you move on, and you move forward. And that's kind of what what I'll say for today's Advice for a Better Life is just some things just happen. Some things just happen. Just live. Just enjoy and move forward, and you'll be able to continue on your path of success. I guarantee that our guest today has experienced that sometimes where she's wondering what's happening in her life and wondering why things are happening, but things have definitely worked out for the best for her. She is the lead guitarist for Beyonce, Queen B as well as Kalani. She went viral last year in Coachella, and she was playing for almost 100,000 people. A solo with Beyonce on stage. Incredible. You listen to her song at the beginning of this. Please welcome Francesca Simone. Hi. Thank you Thank for you. joining us. Thank you. Episode one, I appreciate you coming yeah. in. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Have you experienced that before where sometimes things happen and you're like, what? I, well, why is this happening? And sometimes you can get bogged down? Yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. I know it's crazy, uh, and we'll definitely talk about your career, and it seems great now. I mean, you're playing lead guitarist for Beyonce and Kelani. I know you just released another video on your Twitter and Instagram with Machine Gun Kelly, yeah. which is crazy. That was an incredible experience, I'm sure, just yeah, playing one, on, one in a room with him. Yeah, that was super fun. And it's weird, and you think back of where you were several years ago, we'll talk about this, of almost changing your career path. Yeah. Which is wild. Uh, if you guys want to be able to follow Francesca Simone after the show, on Instagram at Francesca Simone, on Twitter, Simone on Guitar, certainly here on the Popcorn Talk Network. Very thankful to be here at the Popcorn Talk. We are live every single Monday, also available on Apple Podcasts. So you can subscribe there if you're in the car and you want to have something motivational to listen to and at the only MC on Instagram and on Twitter. 
What is, you know, the, the biggest question that people will ask, you know, oh, you play with Beyonce. What is that like to be the, the aura of being on stage with her for you, of playing in front of tens of thousands of people? I mean, it's amazing. There's always that adrenaline rush that run, runs through your body, and it's like you just feel on top of the world, you know? I just, like, I mean, that experience was the best experience of my life, and I'm so grateful to have been a part of that. And you, so we talked about Coachella playing there, but this was the, the whole Formation Tour. Yeah, I played um, Formation Tour, I think that was 2016. Um, and before that, I did Made in America and Global Citizen, and then I did Coachella. Wow. Yeah. Is it is it surreal to look back at, at that? And I guess, do you do you realize, like, everybody, when you realize when you're on stage how many people that you're playing for, or do you zone out? Because <laughs> I think people, you can see there are tens of thousands of yeah. people out there. You know, it's honestly more nerve-wracking to play for, like, five, ten people <laughs> than it is for, like, 100,000 people because you see the first, like, you know, two rows, and then after that it's, like, just a sea of faces, and you don't realize how many people you're actually playing yeah. for, you know? Was that a goal ever, to, like, you grew up listening to Beyonce and being like, man, I, I would love to be able to do something with her? Yeah, actually, it it was definitely, like, I've always, she's always had a girl band, but mm-hmm. I never really thought of myself like, oh, I want to play for her, but... There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. It kind of just, like, fell into my lap, and I was like, yo, that, definitely, <laughs> of course, yeah, totally. Of all the things that fall into your lap, yeah. that's one that you definitely run with. Yeah, that was, like... My one like my first gig really. I went from playing in front of like a hundred people to a hundred thousand people. So it's I kind of skipped the whole bar phase, wow. you know. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. incredible. And again, we're gonna touch so much on your journey. But I want to start at the very beginning. I think you were like ten years old, right? When you thought about guitar, you were at a Santana concert. Yeah, I was about eleven. T- my parents took me to see a Santana concert. Taking it way um, back with Santana. Yeah, I mean, I was always listening to him. So I think they played. Santana for me when I was, you know, out of the womb, like, just like, (laughs) here you go. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I saw the Santana concert and I just remember he came on stage and played one note and it was like this one sustained long note and I just started crying and I was just like like this little kid in the, in the audience and everybody's like, is she okay? Like bawling. (laughs) like "Ah!" And then, um, I was just like, mom, dad, the only thing I want for Christmas is a guitar. Um, and I told myself like in my head, yo, I'm going to be on that stage one day. I don't know how I'm just going to do it, playing guitar. And at that point in my life, I'd never touched a guitar, so. Were your parents musicians? Did they, I mean, you say you listened to Santana coming out the womb. <laughs> Were they inspiring you eventually maybe into a musical path? Um, my dad is a music enthusiast. He's not a musician. Um, my mom is a, uh, she studied classical piano. Okay. Um, and so she kind of taught me um, when I was three, and we started, you know, having fights and stuff, you know, I was like rebelling and stuff. Um, and then I got a piano teacher and then I just started playing classical piano. And and then when I found guitar, I'm like, this is it. This is it. Did you <laughs> yeah. start off? Because obviously you play now an electric guitar. We see the photo up there of you. But that's a beautiful guitar. What kind of guitar is that? That's a PRS, Paul Reed Smith. Wow. And um, my neighbor, actually, Nevin Abini, uh, painted it. 
That's incredible yeah, looking. She's amazing. Yeah, for those who are yeah. listening on iTunes, if you're here on uh, YouTube, you're seeing the, a lot of pictures that we'll be going through, which are incredible. And yeah, that's a that's an incredible guitar. Thank you. Uh, that was not your first guitar. No, uh, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> what was your first? Do you remember your first guitar? Yeah, it was an Ibanez, purple nice. Ibanez. Um, was it electric? Was it acoustic? Electric. Yeah, I didn't go the acoustic route. I actually didn't play an acoustic guitar till like much later. You know. Really? After I'd really learned like soloing and when you're uh, young playing guitar, I mean, people who are young have <laughs> small hands. Yeah. How do you how how do you grasp a guitar? How do, it's heavy at that age. I I don't know how I did it. I just I was like I'm playing this thing. That's <laughs> I don't know. That's the bottom line. So um, I had like my fingers were bleeding. I had calluses. I mean, I still have calluses, but yeah. like you know to develop them. Um, you know, skin everywhere, not a pretty sight. But of course I took pictures and I showed my friends. I'm like, look guys, here are my calluses. They're like, ew, that's so gross. But, was, it a, was it a daily thing of you practicing then? I mean, Oh yeah, I was it. like, once I started getting into guitar, I kind of just like, there goes my social life. Like, <laughs> um, I actually just like, when I came home every day, I would do my homework and then I would get on guitar, practice guitar, um, and then my parents were like, okay, it's time to go to sleep, I don't know, like, maybe 9, 10 or whatever, and I would go to sleep and set my alarm for 2 a.m. every night, and I would get up from 2 to, like, 5.30 and just practice, and every time I heard a creak, I'm like, oh, do they do they hear me? Because, like, they didn't know, I thought they would get mad at me if they saw that I was, like, wow. practicing in the middle of the night, and then I would go back to sleep for, like, you know, an hour, and then get up and go to school. Were you tired then going to school? <laughs> I was school? exhausted, but I was like, man, that was great. I learned a lot last night. Like, Were yeah. You, how, how do you, for people who don't know guitar, how do you start with guitar? Are you practicing chords? Do you hear a song? Uh, what, something on the water, I think. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun. A smoke on the water? Well, for me, I came from playing classical piano, so when I started playing guitar, um... My mom said, I don't want you, uh, like, reading music or anything. So I learned everything by ear. So I just, like, I literally had probably, like, 300 Santana songs on my iPod, and that's all I listened to, and just transcribed all of them by ear, and, yeah. Were you playing in high school? Was that... Yeah. Do high schools... Do yeah. They, they have electric guitar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really? when I went into high school, I started studying jazz a lot, and, like, mm. George Benson, Pat Martino, Pat Metheny... Um, and I, um, had a mentor there, Brian Pardo, who kind of just, like, became, like, a, a really close, uh, like, mentor to me, and, um, just, like, practicing jazz all the time. I got in, like, a lot of the jazz groups in the Bay Area and studied, studied the hell out of jazz. (laughs) (laughs) But I just felt, felt like that, like, the the straight-ahead jazz path wasn't for me, so, um, then when I went to Berklee College of Music... After that, I started studying a lot of like pop. And when you're a stuff. kid in school, there's lots of distractions. I feel was that the same with you, or how did you stay focused at that age mm-hmm. of just constantly playing? I was so motivated, like so determined. I just like you could never catch me without my guitar. I was just always with it. Um, yeah, I, I guess it was just that like that fiery passion inside mm-hmm. of me. I was just like, I have to, I have to do this. I was always in the music rooms, like lunch. Lunch breaks, you know, after school, <laughs> before school. Band camp? I don't think I did a lot of band camps, actually. 
But yeah. during the summer, I would practice like twelve <laughs> hours a day. <laughs> so I guess that was my kip. I don't know. <laughs> well, it got you uh, got you into Berkeley. Why Berkeley? Um, Berkeley because it had a lot of different uh, music programs. The other schools that I um, applied for were like straight ahead jazz, and I just saw myself doing more, you know, pop, like mm-hmm. funk, R and B, soul stuff. Nice. And yeah. you went there for. Uh, I want to dive into this because you, you often with. Some in the entertainment field or acting, it, I think it's the struggle for a lot of people of mm-hmm. going to school versus just doing it. Yeah. It the, what? Tell me about that that struggle because I know at, after a couple semesters you left Berkeley because it was like I just want to do this yeah. and you can talk about that struggle of hey, good training is good, education is important, but mm-hmm. you can also just play and do it. Yeah, it's. It was kind of hard because I went to... Well, it was good. I think Berkeley was really good for, like, um, the connections and for the people that I met there and the teachers. Um, But eventually, I just felt like I just want the real-life experience. Like, why are we here in school? Unless Mm -hmm. you're studying, like, law or, like, therapy or, like, you know, especially in the music industry, I just think that it's a matter of just getting out there and playing. You know, it's like when when I went on tour, it's like this is what I this is what people go to school for. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like why not just take the tour? You know, so um, but but it was hard because I went to a very like academic school, and so they you know they you know everybody graduates college, everybody graduates high school. Yeah. You know, and so I'm kind of like over here on tour, like oh hey guys. <laughs> But I definitely want to finish school at some point. I just don't think right now is the time to do it. Well, I mean, with everything that's going on, yeah, Yeah. you're getting the experiences that people go to school to try to get. Right, exactly. So, I mean, another guy we had in here a couple seasons ago had an opportunity to go to school or go to Vegas to play in a show, and he chose the show. Yeah. It works out because you're getting the experience of playing on stage. Absolutely, yeah. How long did it take you to kind of make that decision? After my second year at Berkeley, I just, I don't know, I had these gut feelings, and I always follow my intuition, even if I don't know quite why, I'll always follow my intuition, even if it's, like, really scary. Um, <laughs> and so I, I, I told myself after this after the second year, I'm just going to go to L.A. and try to, you know, get into the industry in L.A. Um, so I was on my cousin's couch for four months. Shout out to Brian. Wow. <laughs> um, that was uh, rough, because I only knew one person out here. Was that Brian? No. No wonder you wasn't even Brian. One one person besides my cousin Brian. (laughs) I only knew one person. It was not the person whose couch I was living on. Okay, so I guess I knew two people. There you go. Okay. (laughs) Two people. Um, And so, you know, coming to um, any city, especially LA, where everybody's trying to make it, um, it's really hard, you know, like, emerging yourself into the industry. Um, And so... How old were you at this point? No. 20, like, 21? No, actually, I was, like, 18. I was, like, 18, 19. I was probably 19. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was rough. What were your parents saying of dropping out of a school like Berkeley? You get into Berkeley. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. You're going to do really well. By the way, I want to <laughs> leave Berkeley. Yeah, uh... It wasn't their first option for me, (laughs) but I think they're coming around to it, and, you know, they've always been super, super supportive of me and my music career, and I think they understand now that, like, that's what was best for, you know, my life path. 
I like how you said they're coming around to it. Not they have come around to it after I've traveled the world on world tours and played in front of tens of thousand people. That's not enough. We're still coming around to it. Yeah. I mean, no, I think I I mean they're they're super supportive. No yeah. matter what it is, they're mm-hmm. super supportive. I think that um in any industry, especially in any industry, but also like parents also want their kids to always have a backup plan in case case anything goes wrong, you know? And so I kind of live my life not that way. I kind of say, well, it's either this or shit. I don't know. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so I feel like I just, again, like I always just like follow my intuition and that's what my intuition was saying. And I did it. So I heard uh, (laughs) from an actor, Doug Jones is a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. He said, sometimes if you have too much of a fallback plan, you'll fall back sooner. Yeah. And so it's important sometimes not to have a fallback plan. Yeah. Because then if there's no safety net, you got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. Yeah. Is that how you felt on that four months on the couch? Yeah, I did. And I was pushing. Um, but what, what were you doing? Were you trying to, to get in auditions in that four months? Were no, you... I actually, I've always wanted to like create and like make my own music, which is another reason why I left Berkeley. Because I felt like um, along with like the homework and all the study that that I was doing, I was getting called a lot for like guitar gigs, and like people were mm-hmm. like, "Play guitar for this and this and this," and I was like, "Okay, cool," but I really want to like sing more. I want to write more. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to do that more. Just as much as I practice guitar, I want to do that. And so um, it, it was kind of hard for me, and that's why I kind of made that break and said, "Okay, when I go to LA, I want to immerse myself more in like studio sessions and." Um, you know, songwriting sessions and stuff, and so, but it was it was hard to come to LA and do that because people saw me as a guitarist, and and I hadn't really played for anybody, so I didn't really have the credibility. So I was just like, this girl coming to LA, I play guitar. Yeah. Hey guys, you know, <laughs> and so um, so that was really difficult, and I got pretty depressed. Um, living on a couch as well. <laughs> was this a big couch? Was this a three section couch? Was it a sectional? Was Two it a section. love seat? It was like a love seat. It, yeah. It was like, uh, it was, yeah, like one of those couches, and then it kind of comes out a little bit, like a little L. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of like that, yeah. Wow. Living out of a suitcase? Did you even have a... No, I had I had some of my stuff. I mean, um, where was I? I guess I was in Boston. So I shipped some of my stuff over, um, like my guitars and everything. Um, but, no, I had like, I had probably like four or five guitars um, and just a lot of clothes. I think yeah. I still have some clothes at Brian's that I need to go pick up. <laughs> Brian, she'll be in touch. <laughs> yeah. Was it, I guess, expectation versus reality? What did you expect when you moved out versus, obviously, we talked about the reality. What were your expectations? Just to go to sessions and and hopefully get connections and yeah. somehow, like, write more and sing more and play my guitar and really I wanted to find my um my sound as an artist what does that mean just like you know you you listen to any artist and you're like you can tell right away oh that's so-and-so or that's Mm. so-and-so just by you know and I feel like I had that with guitar but I wanted to find that with like my songwriting and how long does that. that take to find I think it's I think we're always finding it um I'm still finding mine I feel like Maybe it's not it's not like of oh guys I've I found my sound here you know it's like <laughs> guess what I did today found my sound <laughs> right I think it's more you know it's just growing and developing and learning and figuring out what you like and what you don't like what your strengths are what your weaknesses are and kind of just trying to you know 
put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You left L.A. and went back. Yeah, I did. I So after, like, four months, I was really down. <laughs> and I went to see my mom in D.C. And um, I told myself, you know, I'm going to just let everything go. Like, I'm not going to think about work. I'm not going to push any harder. I'm just going to go enjoy some time with my family. And a day later, I got a call from um, uh, Beyonce's music director. Wow. What yeah. did what did that part mean? <clears throat> Were you putting out content? Yeah, so I was putting out, like, Instagram videos of me playing back when Instagram had, like, 15-second <laughs> Like, 15-second when life videos. was so much easier. When you yeah, had to now you have to like, seconds, make like, a whole minute video. Now like, we have what? IGTV. It's like the pressure of doing longer <laughs> right. content. No, I just want six second Come vines. On Instagram. Come on. <laughs> yeah, so um, I had a video called, um, it was a cover of Treasure. Mm-hmm. And um, that went viral. And one of my fans took it to Facebook. And that went super viral. <laughs> and um, I just got like a lot of DMs. And um, one of them was her yeah. MD. And... He's like, let's just stay in touch. And so when I went to D.C., he called. And um, at the time, I didn't actually know it was um, her music director. So I was just like, yeah, what's up? (laughs) What's going on? Opportunity? What do we got? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, let's see if I can make some time for this now. You went back (laughs) to D.C. Was the thought ever in your mind of doing something other than music? Or not playing guitar or doing something else in music? I always knew that, like... Again, like, I don't have a plan B, so I I knew it was going to be something in music. I just felt like I had hit a wall, and I just needed to kind of step back and just mm-hmm. breathe, you know? Sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, in the industry, we just try to... It has to be this way. You have to push, push, push. But sometimes it's better to just, like, flow and just let, let things happen. How quick did that thing uh, kind of come together with Beyonce? Um, it was... It was pretty quick. I can't talk about it too much, yeah. but... Because um, that was the summer of 2015, and yeah. obviously 16 was formation. Right. So, yeah, we did um, Global Citizen and Made in America. Made in America was my first show. Um, and, yeah. And that, again, was where, it was like, that was where you said you went from playing in, like, 150 people to tens of thousands? Yeah, it was crazy. It was really a lot. Talk about the... the <clears throat> I guess the physical preparation of, like, having to practice, having to do all that, but, like, for you, the mental preparation yeah. of, all right, this is what it is. I have to be ready. I have to be able to prepare for this. I mean, it's it's the... It was crazy. I had stage fright. Um, I had really bad stage fright, and so I had to, like, practice a lot to get over that, and so I would, like, come in to rehearsals every morning before anybody got there, just practice in front of the mirrors, and... Um, like study Michael Jackson and Prince. Like, okay, I'm a rock star, you know. Like, <laughs> I got this, you, you know. Got that guitar, <laughs> look at yeah. You know, so um, yeah, because like when I was going through my jazz phase, I think especially because I was in high school, and you know, in high school you're super like self conscious, and you're like, yeah. what do people think about me? I gotta be cool or whatever. And so I just kind of went through this like paralyzing phase, and then when I got the this um opportunity, I was like, okay, I gotta just let that go and like. I, here it is, you know, so I, I had to practice a lot, but now it's like when I got on stage, actually before I get on stage now I have like this weird like pain that goes through my hands and it, I kind of like feel it going through mm-hmm. my body and then when I get on stage it just disappears and everything's like amazing and it's like, 
Yeah, and then I turn into that, you know, <laughs> whatever. Oh, we're seeing the picture. Person. <laughs> we're seeing the pictures of that. That's incredible. Yeah. So we're pulling up the pictures here uh, from you playing with Beyonce at Coachella. Uh, I think we also have the video and uh, a link that you had on your Instagram of being able to play that. It's just... Does that does that moment anytime you're on stage with her and anyone else with Kalani or does the moments go fast or slow? It goes really quickly. <laughs> Cuz you know as much as you know any show gets put together, you know it takes time to prepare and you know you're practicing it. Okay, let's get this right or you know mm-hmm. you're going over it and over again and then you get an hour an hour and a half to perform the show and the adrenaline's rushing and Everything happens so quickly, and you know it's it's really fun, but it goes pretty quickly. See, crazy, you went from went from zero to Beyonce real quick. Yeah, which is really <laughs> funny because I feel like I was thinking about this the other day. I feel like sometimes, you know, when you're when you're trying to like when you're trying to push really hard to get something, it you like hit a wall. But if you just like let go, things will just like come to you. Yeah, you know, we had that we had the video up. Uh, Julia, play that. Play that video. I want people to be able to hear. I mean, look at that. How much of this is practice for you versus just going in the flow and being like, you know what? Yeah, we're just doing this. Um, I think it's a combination of both. I think it's, you know, you have to find that, like, emotion within you, you know? Yeah. And, um... And like pull it out at that moment. Actually, in that clip, my string broke on stage. Yeah, so I was like halfway through. I was like, "Gosh, I don't know how I'm gonna make this through." And I made it through. Like some, somehow, I think there was like something. I don't know what happened, but my string broke. So and you, I, you don't have any time to process it. Yeah, I was just like, "Okay, well, I hope I can end the solo right." And it was weird because the fingering that I'd normally play, I didn't play that, but it was right. So it was some sort I was of... Because there's uh, obviously six strings on a yeah. guitar. One, do you remember which one uh, went it out? Didn't even, it didn't even break. Like, it didn't even snap. I don't know what happened. It's like, it, it just, just loose. Like went loose. And so uh. it was a high E string. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> But I made it through. Do you change octaves then? Do you change your the thing? I just went with it. I didn't wow. know what to do, so I just kept going with it. I mean, you know. Wow, but, that's crazy. Yeah, but it was it was crazy. I mean, and you know, I think that's the cool part about shows is that it's just unpredictable and like things mm-hmm. happen and you just have to figure out how to deal with them and you know, that's just like a really cool. I mean, it's really scary sometimes but it's really cool because it's like okay it, Dude, ma- it makes it really special you know yeah people I get they don't realize you know for that anyone listening to that even anyone listening to this clip they're like oh yeah that, everything went perfect everything yeah. went do you think there's a lot of things that I'm sure happen whenever you're performing no matter yeah. where you're performing that things happen that maybe you notice that nobody else does yeah definitely like sometimes things will happen on stage um during any show and people will be and I'll tell people after yo did you hear this and they'll be like what are you talking about? It sounded great. And I'm like, okay, shouldn't have brought it up then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was saying. I meant uh, previously there was... Right, right, like last show. Yeah. <laughs> working with, obviously, an incredible superstar like Beyonce, working with an incredible superstar like Kehlani, and, and working with Machine Gun Kelly, what do you learn from them? 
about the way that they go about their music. Are you constantly trying to pick things up? Are you constantly being like, how how are they, you know, maneuvering their careers and their singing and their music? What do you what have you learned from them? Maybe both about music, but yeah. also about life. Yeah, I mean, it's different for every team. Um, just like I don't know, keep pushing. I think I think w- the people that I've worked with are very true to themselves. And I think that's really, really inspiring because, you know, what whoever they are, like, literally flaws and all. It's just like whoever you are, that is, that is, who that person is on steroids, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, uh, and especially Kaylani. I love Kaylani because she. We're both from the Bay and mm-hmm. we're we're the same age. Um, and she's just she's just so like honest and raw and. You know, it just is what it is, you know? And I think in in today's culture, a lot of everything's, like, you know, photoshopped or, like, whatever. And everybody thinks they have to reach this unrealistic standard of beauty or, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that can get down on, you know, that can make people down. And I think um, someone like Kehlani just brings the truth out and is confident in that and inspires a lot of people. Mm. What would you say is the biggest way you've grown in the last three years? Whoa, that's a big question. <laughs> um, I think that I've grown a lot in terms of, just like I was talking about, um, in terms of just being like vulnerable and being okay with making mistakes in front of people and like, like I don't have to be so perfect. And I think three years ago, like every little thing that was just a little bit wrong, I just would have had a breakdown, you know? And I don't know where that like perfectionist mentality came from but um yeah I think I've I've learned to kind of just realize that like vulnerability and flaws is really what makes people beautiful and Mm -hmm. so I'm just trying to really live to my fullest um you know potential honesty all that do you ever look back three years ago and think of where you were at your mom's house before all of this I don't I don't really actually. Maybe I should. <laughs> I'm so hard on myself. Sometimes I just forget like that. Um, but yeah, it's really cool to take a step back and realize like, wow, three years ago I was there, you know. And I'm still because I feel like I'm still pushing. You yeah, know? Oh, of course. I feel like I'm still on that journey. You got another song coming out in the next month. Yeah, which Very is really exciting because. I'm going to be singing on it and nobody's ever heard me sing, which is another, which kind of ties back to, um, me being vulnerable. You know, Mm -hmm. people know me as Simone, the guitarist, but as an artist, people don't really know me. People don't know like, you know, my fears and like my strengths and my weaknesses and all that. So people, have they tried to typecast you as just doing guitar and like, is that an easy rut to get into when you're good at something like that? And be like, I literally could do this as a career and just, just play guitar, but you want more. Yeah, it is. It's, it's difficult, but I feel like everybody has a different journey, and I think looking back, like, my journey, like, I'm so proud of it, and I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to take this journey of, you know, playing guitar for amazing people, you mm-hmm. know, and I've learned so much from that, and so now I'm just, you know, kind of shifting gears a little bit and kind of you know, and I think it's important to enjoy those times. Absolutely, like you, yeah. You're, if you look at that and be like, oh, I wouldn't take this job with this big artist because yeah. it's not allowing me to sing. That's not the right yeah. attitude. You can grow in this thing. You can do this for a couple of years. People think like doing something for two years, they're like, 
Two years. And then you, when you get through two years, you're like, oh, that was, that that was, was just two years. Two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And especially people, you know, when they're young and starting out, they, they I want something now. I want, they, yeah. they want the home run. Yeah. Without thinking, you can also score if you hit single and then yes. advance to second base, advance to third base, and then you hit the home run. Definitely. You got a big fan uh, in the chat, by the way. Scott Boswell says, she's, wow, I hope she starts her own rock band one day. Oh, is this a comment? That's a comment. Oh, and it's a comment in the live chat. I'm looking at here. We have a live oh, chat really? going on. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, so cool. We got like, a number of people in oh, here. Oh, super cool. Yeah, so oh. rock band in your future? Yeah, I mean, soon I'll be... You know, performing my music mm-hmm. and um, influences of rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but definitely I'm excited about embarking on this journey and, like, sharing um, my heart with the world. What do you think is the biggest thing that separates people who have a passion or are good at something when they hit that wall of maybe they're living on the couch for four months yeah. or nobody's calling and what's going on from moving forward versus taking a turn and doing something else persistence i think that is the key have you ever read the the war of art i have not oh you gotta read I'll it. put it on it's so it's such a good book if any of you artists that are out there you should totally check out the war of art i'm literally putting it right now in my notes the war of art mm-hmm. and it talks about um resistance and how every artist goes through resistance which is basically Whatever you're supposed to do, whatever, like, your intuition is telling you, whatever your calling is, there's always going to be resistance, and resistance comes in so many different forms, and it kind of goes through all the forms of resistance, but the biggest one is fear. And so, like, reading this book, I've kind of, like, I looked in my life, and I'm like, you know what, I am really afraid of this, or I am really afraid of this, and whatever you're afraid of, or wherever you see the most resistance, that's where you need to push the hardest, So resistance could be like, I don't want to get up in the morning at eight and go to the gym because I need to be in shape to do what I need to do. And you're just like laying in bed. That's resistance, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I think it's just doing this, just practicing your craft every single day, Mm -hmm. even on the days that you feel like you don't have inspiration, you still do it. You know, if you tell yourself you're going to do something, you're going to do it. Yeah. Last night, I told yesterday I told myself I was going to go to the gym and or do a workout, <laughs> and I didn't do it. And literally, I was watching uh, Jack Ryan on Amazon, uh-huh. the, the new show uh, with Jim Halpert. And it was 1.30 in the morning, and I was still watching it. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to do some cardio. And I got my cardio machine. I did it 1.30 yes, in the morning. Yes, I love it. And yes. I was like, going to do it. I just did it. It was a little yeah. tired today. But, yeah, and I think you when you make it through the hard days, the easy days are a piece of cake. Yeah, and then it makes it makes the reward that much better it's like Mm -hmm. those days that i did not want to get out of bed like i did it you know and sometimes the hardest thing to do is to get out of bed because Mm -hmm. it's like you don't know where that day is going to lead you you don't know when someone's going to notice you or how hard you've been working and maybe and you just have to be okay with like maybe that day won't come but i love this so much that I'm going to do it even when I don't feel like doing it. Or I'm going to do it even if people don't notice that I'm doing mm-hmm. it. Like, Pe- I think that's really important. Yeah, people want the opportunity, and then they're like, oh, I want to be able to prove myself when the opportunity comes. You're proving yourself far before that opportunity. Yeah, every single day to yourself. Like, nobody yeah. nobody has to know about it, you know? Yeah, you're proving and you're laying the foundation. Yeah. So when someone comes and says, what have you done? You don't say, well, let me start now and prove it to you. You say, yeah. here's my days that I've done. Every single day I've done this. I've practiced. Mm-hmm. How often do you practice nowadays? It really depends. Um, guitar? Yeah. It, it and singing? I mean, depends. music? I mean, I'm 
I'm doing music every single day, whether that's production, whether that's writing or playing guitar. Um, I'm doing something musical every day. Um, and actually, when I first started playing guitar, I made a pact to myself that I was going to play guitar every single day, and what re- regardless of how busy I was. So even if like I didn't have any time to practice that day, right before I went to sleep, I would like practice for five minutes, you mm-hmm. know, and just like as long as I touch the guitar. And I think I did that for like four years. Yeah, wow. every single day. It's like fourteen hundred days. Yeah, I practice every single day, and um, yeah, so I kind of try to follow that with my music. It's 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 cool. It's kind of hard though because. Um, I'm trying to do so much. I'm trying to like write and produce and play guitar and sing and all this. So it's like a whole bunch of different things coming mm-hmm. together. But I definitely like pl- play, create every day. Mm-hmm. You know. What's your definition of success? I think it's just being truly happy, like really truly happy to the point where, like, anybody. Like, that it just doesn't matter to any, to anybody. You're just, like, truly, you have that, like, man, I'm just so happy right now. And you can live to your fullest. And, and I feel like a lot of people feel like they need, need like, once once I get this, I'll be happy. Once I get this, I'll be happy. But I feel like if you can't be happy, like, right where you are right in this minute, then you won't ever be happy because, it you know, hmm. things are always going to go wrong. And even if you get that house that you really want, you know, you still have to mow the lawn, figure out how to mow the lawn. Man, mm-hmm. my lawn looks horrible, but I have this house, you know? Yeah. So I just think it's um, it's really important to just be really happy. Yeah. If you put your happiness in things and they get taken away, and yeah. then you're not happy anymore. Yeah. It's for joy. Joy. Finally, what advice do you have for the younger people? And for I'll say to yourself, what advice do you have for the 10-year-old? Simone, the 11-year-old Simone who is just now picking up guitar or the, the Simone who's, you know, working on her craft in high school and yourself when you're living on the couch. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for people who are just now getting in or trying to, to break in? Um, one would be to always follow your heart. Like, again, no matter, no matter what the circumstances are or, like, what reality tells you, like... You can always make it work if you love something enough. So just, like, keep pushing. Always follow your heart. Um, Because I feel like your heart's like a compass. Mm -hmm. Um, And But the advice that I would give my 10-year-old self (laughs) would be to just, like, let go a little bit. Like, you don't have to be so perfect. Like, it's okay to mess up. It's, like, that's just a part of life. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people that are so hard on themselves like, get in the way of themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I found, like, I was getting in the way of myself, which is why I feel like you said in the past three years, how have you grown? So I feel like yeah. I'm starting to learn that lesson. That's <laughs> incredible. That's incredible. And we can't wait uh, in the next month. Uh, follow her again on Instagram and on Twitter, on Instagram at Francesca Simone, on Twitter at Simone on Guitar, because in the next month you're releasing a new song with your singing. That's so exciting. Yes. Can't wait. And as we're going out, we're listening to your song right now still which is incredible. And I think it, it's amazing what you're doing because not a lot of people who are really trained guitarists who are doing this kind of, this genre and playing in this style as well yeah. as singing. So it's incredible. Thank you. Very inspired. Thank you so much. 
for coming on, thank you helping so us much. kick off season four. Thank you. And yeah, thank you guys for joining in. So much of you in the live chat. Again, thank you so much. And so many people have left amazing comments uh, and ratings on our iTunes podcast. So thankful for every one of you guys. Go check those out. Go subscribe. Again, if you're in the car, just throw on one of our past episodes. They definitely pass the time, give you some inspiration, some motivation. And we are just beginning here with season four of I Could Never Be Here on Popcorn Talk. I have so many actors, athletes, musicians, people in business coming up incredible stories for you guys just to be able to help you inspire and help you reach your own dreams again michael klaus you can follow me on instagram and on twitter at the only mc and certainly popcorn talk network at the popcorn talk on instagram and on twitter thank you guys so much for joining us we'll see you next time for producers maria menudos kevin undergaro phil spitek and the entire popcorn talk network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.